When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. Today at the World Cup, we're going to talk about all the action from four matches today, including Germany, including Croatia, including Belgium and including Spain. I'm joined tonight by Chris. Chris, you're a regular on these World Cup shows now, aren't you? I know, man. I'm doing about at least one to two a day now, so you lucky people get me tomorrow as well. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, no, it's been dip it right, actually. I've managed to catch one and a half games today. I've seen the highlights of the others. Um, I think Morocco-Croatia was pretty dire, to be honest. I saw bits of the highlights, did a bit of a read-up around it. It was pretty shite. <laughs> yeah. Boring. See, I, just, you know, like I was in work today when, when that game was on, and I had it on. I was come to sort of getting in and over, and um, it looked interesting. I, I, do you know what? I wasn't that impressed with Croatia, I have to say. Um, no, was- They've got an experienced team. You know, Lovren is still there. They've got the midfield, Brozovic, um, Kovacic and Modric. Patterson yeah. as well, I think, isn't it? You expect them, lads. You know what you're going to get out of them. And then you <coughs> from Maric and, and Perisic and all the usual boys are all there. But um, I was looking at it and I was actually more impressed with Morocco at, at stages. You know, when I was looking at the Moroccan team and they have Maserawi on the left wing, even though he's a right full, he's on the left. They had Hakimi on the right. You're really going and, and playing at a high intensity. They, they look to be... They look to be really going for it, but overall, it was a bit of a damn squib and nil all. Um, wait, impressed with anything there, Chris? Or uh, the, the game was over. That's the particular yeah. about the game. <coughs> to me, Croatia just looked like a team at the end of a cycle. Mm. The, yeah, the, I think this looks like a, a World Cup too far for, for this squad, and I, th- I think they're probably trying to build themselves ready for the the next tournament, the next World Cup. You know, and I think there's a couple of teams that seem a bit like that. We sort of going like. They probably haven't got quite. They probably got too many on the wrong side of thirty. Probably like the Liverpool team at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, but that's what he looked like. So it wasn't a great game. It wasn't particularly impressive. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the bigger nations have been pretty uh, unimpressive. You know, Indeed we've seen a lot. Of, we've yeah. seen a lot of bigger nations going like 
really slow starts, and we normally get away with it. But you also most now most of these supposed lesser nations now have a lot of players that play in Europe and South America. So actually, they play similar styles to what these big clubs, these big countries play. So they all know now. Well, what's the point of sitting back and getting beat? I mean, it's like a go and get beat, and doesn't really matter. Which we'll talk about Canada later. I mean, they don't get the result, but they probably get all the credit and all the confidence from it. Indeed, indeed, and and you know, people will be like, "Oh, he's a Russian true. He's a Russian true." That game was a sting fest, um, and the, mm. the action really happens after after that that one. So we go into game two of the day, and it's Germany against Japan, and the Germans go in there, they take a lead. Um, they nearly double that lead and going in a half time. Havertz has one disallowed. And you're thinking to yourself, comfortable. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's nearly like a deja vu with Argentina. Yeah. Very much. From so. the other day. And and just to say, I I bought my son three tops for the World Cup. So I got him the Argentina away top. <coughs> I got him the German top. It is and nice that German top, to be fair though. No, this is a training one. I got him the I got oh, the right, training okay. one. Um, so that was the two of them both giving up one nil leads to shock defeat, and the third one I got him was the Brazil one. So, uh, no doubt Chiche is shitting himself now, knowing that the jinx is uh, the jinx is real. Uh, so yeah, you, me and uh, Kev have the opposite effect where we keep telling we keep watching watch along saying he's been shite him, and then we, we basically Rabio been shit all game and he got. Goal and assist, and Mbappe's done nothing. Then he got a goal and assist. Unfortunately, yeah. this, this tactic never works on our own club. But it seems whoever we say shit doesn't does well, really well. That's it. That's <laughs> it. But anyway, in the Germany game, so Germany go in there and they take the lead. Ilkay going to one penalty. They look comfortable enough, don't they? And with the especially Germany and World Cups, Chris, there's an expectation that they'll do what they have to do. They'll get it done. You know, unless they implode, generally they. They take care of business, and this looked fairly routine. Uh, going going in deep into that second half, yeah. I mean, to be honest, um, it was literally the, the Japan keeper against Germany for probably a good hour or so. You know, he pulls off two or three really good saves. Um, so you it, it felt a little bit more unlike the Argentina Saudi Arabia, it always felt like well, when, it's a matter of when Germany get the second, yeah. They, they were very dominant, you know, and Japan look, they kept themselves in. Solid, you know, they do last a lot of last ditch tackles, but the keeper was make you know making a lot of saves, you know. Um the young kid uh was oh, I'm gonna say his name the the Bayern lad is it Muslau? Musli Musiali. Yeah, brilliant. Look brilliant, you know. He nearly scores he nearly scores one of the best goals you'll ever see. Jinx passed through and just unfortunately rush of blood to get it over the bar. But you, you were just going <coughs> it's not looking great. It's not looking great for Japan. I think it's just a matter of when Germany score and then yeah. Probably the last 20 minutes, Japan seems to flip a gear. You know, they make a couple of changes and just start to push Germany back. And Germany just didn't seem to react to a side having a go. It did seem to really rattle them. And, you know, Neuer, probably for both goals, you know, especially the first goal, you know, he made a good save just before they score. And then at 1-1, it just felt like a complete switch of momentum. And probably, sort of, probably a bit similar to the USA-Wales game. As soon as Wales equalised, you were sort of going... Well, if going to win it now, it probably looks like Wales. Yeah. <coughs> Just ironic, the guy who scores the winner apparently hasn't scored all year. Plays for a German club. I thought it's just like the South Korea Italy game. It's... Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm just checking there and, and <coughs> going through it. You know, the two centre backs, Yoshida and 
um, at the core of both playing in Germany. The two midfielders, Endo and Tanaka, both playing in Germany. And then um, Kamada, the attacking midfielder, playing in Germany. And it, it's it's something that you touched on there. You know, a lot of these countries do have players playing in these European leagues. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in years gone by, you would have expected Japan to be coming into a game where, you know, they're all playing in the J-League. Or, you know, maybe some more obscure leagues. But you could really see that sort of European style to the Japanese team. And even if you look at it, no place for former Liverpool favourite Minamino. Yeah, he came on for the last 20 at 1-0 down. Uh, Tommy Asu didn't even start. Tommy Asu, yeah. And the the Brighton lad, um, Matome, didn't start. Mm. You know, so Japan have got players that... um, Can hurt you. They, they can hold you, you know, they're good players, they're technical, good players. And and you see these these little technicians and it was interesting that I'm looking at that lineup and they don't really, obviously, um, Kamada is that type of player in the sort of number 10 role. But when I'm seeing uh, Taki out and I'm seeing uh, Matoma out, I'm like, oh, I don't know if Japan have enough about them, but they flip the game. They flip it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's one of them... Um, you know, I was looking at it and again in work and looking at it and Germany, I wanted up and you're expecting them to, to sound our troops, very similar to Argentina. And the next thing I look back, I, I was doing something, I look back and it's 2-1. I'm like, the fuck is going on here? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what's happening? How is... it's, a tight, it's a tight angle, the second goal. So, yeah. Does well. I mean, look, I mean, to be honest, Noe plays actually quite well. You know, he makes a couple of good saves. But even after getting it to 2-1, um, Goretzka, Probably should score to make it two two. Yeah, um, great connection, just just wide. Like so, they had their chances. They had. Their they had their chances. I sort of feel like this defeat though feels less damaging than the Argentina one. Whereas this felt more like Germany were probably a bit sloppy in front of goal, but had the, had the chances. And you thought actually, it all right, in general play looked looked all right. Argentina looked really limp and really. Uh, devoid of any sort of ideas, and as soon as they went a goal down, you just kind of looked at, kind of looked at Argentina, kind of just flaked away. Very un-Argentinian, to be honest. Yeah, so, <coughs> especially with the run they've been on. Yeah, I mean, I'll touch, we'll touch briefly on Argentina. Like, uh, I'm a huge. I, I want Argentina to win. I'll make no bounds about that. Um, and I still think they have a chance because I think the the way the Poland and Mexico game goes, you know, no great shakes among them too, and. No. Argentina have to go out and beat both teams and, and they'll qualify, but they have to improve on how they played yesterday. But I felt Argentina played very, very low energy. You know, they weren't, it looked like they were just going through in second gear in the first half and then just couldn't get out of second gear. And Saudi Arabia, obviously, I don't know if the, the heat and humidity has taken a, its toll on some players over there. Obviously, Saudi Arabia, it's in their backyard, so they're going to be used to it. But the energy those lads had compared to Argentina. Now, my take on Argentina is they need to make changes to that team because Romero looked off. He looked injured. Uh, he looked injured there. And Di Maria looked way off. Mm. Rodrigo de Paul looked way off. You know, these lads that, that have been solid for them. So maybe you might just need, need a little tinkering there in the... In That's, the well, if you, if you talk about those three, de Paul and um, Romero, they, aren't, they haven't played much this year. Romero because of injury. I think de Paul's kind of been bombed out a little bit. Yeah. 
Madrid. So. And even Di Maria, like Di Maria <coughs> hasn't really done too much either. You know, he's been, I think he got injured when he first arrived at Juventus and was sort of walking his way back. So, because we saw but they that look in, like a team with no energy. Yeah, because you saw that in the USA Wales game, they're all dropping like flies in the last 10 yeah. minutes. But then you look at the, all the guys who were dropping like flies going, well, he's not playing much and he's not playing much and he's not playing mm. much. So, I think that's also going to be a telling factor, especially these quick turnarounds. Yeah, that's it. But we'll go back to today. So Japan, they they take a two-one lead, and Germany looked a bit desperate then after that. But they get through, and as you said there, um, the Japanese go on and take the win. But the Germany get you know you never want to start off on a defeat, but you're looking at the makeup of that group, and uh, obviously we're going to come on to the next game now in a sec, but. Again, it'll hark back to Argentina. The way the group fell for them, it's still relatively in their hands. Just go out and do the business. In the German group, Costa Rica play against Spain. Uh, you know, nice Costa quiet, Rica. Nice, nice quiet game, this one. Yeah, yeah. So, so Costa Rica and Spain, and and I seen a comment there from MC Evening Gents. Would love to know. Um, Keith and Chris, would you say Spain have a good chance of the World Cup this year? So many exciting talents. And look, I didn't think so going into the into the tournament. I just felt the the no striker thing will, will hurt them. The, I don't know where they're going to get the goals from. And then they put, I thought the same. And then they put seven. <laughs> they put seven. Yeah, and look like the goals from all over the place. But because <coughs> we have to take into consideration the opposition there, don't we? We have to look at Costa Rica. Um, Navas an aging team. Navas had a bit of a stinker as well. The yeah. Most experienced player, but two of those goals are really, you know, keep a howlers a little bit. Yeah. He's still he's at a, PSG, is he? Yeah, he's a backup, so isn't he? he's not getting the games. And... Brian Oviedo's still there, and he was pretty garbage at Everton, and he wasn't much better at Sutherland, to be honest. So, Yeah, Brian Ruiz, like, oh, late 40s days, boys. And while experience does count for an awful lot, um, it when you're getting legged all over the pitch, and um, by 18 and 19 year old lads that just want to run at you, and you think you'd have, you think you'd have an opportunity when you got Rodri at centre back because Rodri, look, he's a really, really good player, but he's a, he's, he's a DM, and we've seen both for Liverpool and for City, the DM at centre back experiment doesn't work very often, and it eventually gets gets you caught out. So I thought that you'd think that would be an opportunity because I think I was surprised he didn't go Rodri. DM, you know, maybe going with Eric Garcia at centre back because I think Rodri's in better form than Busquets. Busquets the captain, but you know that's the team. Busquets mm. the, the captain, and he's in. But Rodri has played centre back before. Um, it's it's not a problem. And I suppose if you're in a game where you know you're going to have all the ball and yeah, the threat isn't there. It'd be interesting to see how they um how they well, go they do, forward with that. You know, they got, Germ- they got Germany next. What, are you going to yeah. do Rodri centre back Germany? But then again. <laughs> You know, the issue with Ger- with Spain, I thought, having no strikers and where did the goals come from? Germany, Everywhere. where are the goals coming from for Germany? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. They're starting Coy Havertz. And I like Coy Havertz as a player. I think he's a decent player. But I don't think he's a a lone striker. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he's he's going to get he's going to get the goals. I think he needs to be playing off a forward. But They've got lots of very good link players and flair wingers, but they're not wingers like in the Sadio Mane camp or the Mara's camp where you go and, yeah yeah the wingers but they also bang they also bang in consistently yeah. big big numbers you know Sally's coming back from injury as well uh I mean Sewell I don't 
I've never rated. I don't see the, the hype around. I think he's a big lump. I yeah. just don't think he's... And the fact he's now a right back, you know, it'd, it'd be worrying, you uh, know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah, it just... Hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't work for me. He doesn't look athletic enough to be a right back, so it feels like it's a, an obvious week to go for. But the star of the show of that game was uh, Gavi. Oh, good oh. Could what talk about him all day, you know. He's, he's a sensational footballer, you know, and... You're going to have a goal scorer as well for Spain in the... In the yeah, uh, the goal for LA, isn't he, in the World Cup? Like, right. he's... But you know, there's his goals ridiculous though. Yeah, got volley, you know, out volley outside the boot, uh, posting in. <clears throat> it reminded me a bit of against um Man City. City in the the semi final of the cup, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, this I don't know, this I think aesthetically this just looked nicer, yeah. But uh, it's ridiculous because he's only what's he 18? 18, yeah. Like I mean, you got but, Pedri, the other side is also, yeah, yeah I good. He's just that little bit older, but uh, you, can't, you can see that's where the, the the excitement is with Spain. The question is for, for those is how will they do against um, a more established bigger nation? Because we have seen with the Barcelona guys, they've done okay, they've done well in La Liga, but when it comes to Champions League and big Champions League games, they have struggled or just been a little bit quiet. Now listen, he's eighteen, so. It'll it should be, be interesting. You should be It'll expected be... to win at 18, but... Yeah, but in the next game, they're going to, as you said, we're going to be playing against Germany. And you're going to be in the midfield against Joshua Kimmich and Ilkay Gundogan or uh, Leon Goretzka. And they're wily, uh, wily pros. And, and it'll be interesting mm. to see how Spain match up there. But you touched on Musiala for Germany being exciting. Jill Bellingham for mm. England, 19 years old. Pedri, 19 years old. Gavi, 18 years old. And you're seeing these boys and they play without fear. You know, they play. We were chatting, me, Shawnee and Gav uh, were chatting earlier and Shawnee said it, it, they're, like two, they're like two veterans. Do you know what I mean? They're like mm. two uh, tall <coughs> players. So 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 uh, intelligent and so clever with the ball. And they just always want it. They never go hiding. And and this breed of young, young players that are out there it's an exciting time, and do you feel that they this World Cup could be the the breakout of all these? Obviously, a lot of them are already there in um, Champions League terms, you know. It, they're all playing regular Champions League, but on the world stage, is this this the chance? Is this going to be the World Cup where we're looking back at the likes of Gavi, at the likes of Pedri, at the likes of uh, Musiala, at the likes of Bellingham, similar to Mbappe, I suppose, four years ago. Yeah, I think the difference is there's a no fear. Part of it, but the difference between elite young players and very good young players, which we come through, is these aren't playing what I would call academy football, where yeah. what they do is technically very good. You know, all the things, all the right ingredients are there, but it's very robotic. Yeah, if you know what I mean, it's very you know, it's you know, these are playing risky football, but with a purpose. You know, yeah. they're not just doing you know, 95% pass completion because just go side back, side back, just keep recycling it. And there's a, there's a time for that. But I do find a lot of younger academy players because that, that's all you get, which you go, it's fine for a group game in the Champions League or it's fine for against lower uh, lower sides. But to kick on, you've got to be able to have that step up and that movements and that, you know, risk. Or you don't see it as a risk, but, you know, that bigger picture, which they all have, you know, they don't think of as a risk as I can ping this 40, 50 yards or I could play this clever through ball. You know, that's just natural because that's the right pass. But I think a lot of youngsters who come out are taught to play, in my opinion, safe, too safe. 
which I think hurts them. And that sometimes it takes three or four years to knock that out of them. Yeah, it's very true, you know, and and these, especially the two Spanish lads. I mean, we've seen Barcelona academy players, and I know Pedri didn't come through the academy, but he's he's in that sort of mould. We've seen it before. They, they, they're taught to, you know, play without fear and, and, as you say, not play them safe balls. But you're looking at them two today, 18 and 19 years old, and it was just absolutely lovely to watch. Again, we'll take the opposition into into consideration here so we will see how they go against Germany but mm-hmm. they did spread their goals around today um, and the front three and this is where I felt Spain fall down before the tournament you know I'm, I'm like who's going to who's going to play up forward They're, I'm looking at their squad and I'm thinking well it's going to be Morata <coughs> isn't it and who's going to be the two around them and he goes I, today oh sorry yeah because I don't cause I'm with you Morata I'm like doesn't do it for me at all never has done but he's got a great agent but it's yeah, the Ferran Torres from the middle. Yeah, Ferran Torres from the middle, which is what City tried to do with him. And yeah. he just didn't seem to, I don't know why, he just didn't seem to settle at City. Because he's, he's a very, what you call a City type player. Yeah. Um, but that's the one benefit of that front three. It's <coughs> it's very fluid. And if you get it right, you know, Liverpool have done it with a, with a front three in the past. City did it to, uh, when they had the Aguero. I mean, although Aguero is more of a number nine, he's still a very fluid, even younger days, he's a very yeah. fluid player. So, It'd be interesting. Are we going to go back to the fluid front three? Because it, it seems to be a lot of clubs are going more to the traditional number nine. You know, Liverpool's with Haaland. We're doing it with Nunes. You know, Lewandowski. You know, for yeah, for, uh, Vlavic as well. Like Vlavic Juventus. for Juventus. You kind yeah. of thought, it feels like the traditional number nine's becoming. And Ema wins Ballon d'Or. So yeah, yeah, right. That's sort of well, traditional number nine is in. It's a central number nine, but it's a number nine with still with. Pace and movement, not the old style number nine, which is just just stays in the middle. That's it. Yeah, you know. But it's it's uh, it, it's coming from all over the place now. The the first goal today I thought was a beautiful. I thought Danny Almo. I thought he was a threat throughout um, for Spain. And you know they're playing a front. Their front line is Almo. It's Torre, Ferran Torres, and it's Asensio. And mm. I didn't. I, I was a bit skeptical of it, but they were excellent today, weren't they? They were all over the place. They were getting the runs that they needed from their wide players. So they need, I suppose if you're playing a false nine, you need your wide players to be getting into the space. Like Bobby always done for Liverpool, he drops into space and Salah and Mane were were exploiting the space that Bobby was creating. So you need to be doing that. And I felt their wide players were brilliant at that. And their midfield players are getting into the box. And they just absolutely swarmed the Costa Ricans who had no answer for it. Definitely. And with Jono though, a midfielder wearing number nine, it's like, but when Barros used to yeah. wear number five, it it does proper do me you know, it does do your OCD. And yeah. I've also said I need some cost setup. Yeah, this is the uh, after effects of a co of, of the joys of COVID. Oh, yeah, been and gone, but I can't just can't shake the cough off, which is really annoying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but, I wish Gav had a time we don't want me up to do a pod, which I would have refused, <laughs> but hell, whatever. But um, the thing you would say is, we, we say with Spain, you could you have to take the opposition into account. You do to a point. But that's, we are now getting to the point where we're going, with the exception of England. Didn't, look, England, that's a beat with the average, an average Iran side. Spain have beat a very average Costa Rica side. But then you're going, Saudi Arabia aren't, aren't a great side. You know, Japan is solid, but they're a side that Germany should beat them. You know, we'll get to the Canada game in a minute. You know, you would expect Belgium to walk over Canada. Mm. We're now starting to see a lot of big, big countries going. They've had a lot of what you would call on paper gimmies. Yeah. And they're not, and they're actually, 
becoming quite big slogs. So I suppose you've got to flip it the other way of going, well, this could have been a bit of a slog, but actually just put the punk to the sword really well, which is a clinical thing that I would probably say some of the Spanish media weren't expecting to happen. They were expecting this to be a bit more of a slog. And I've seen some, I've, I've even seen some people saying, maybe we'll get out of the group. That'll probably be about it. That seems yeah. to be the expectation in Spain. They're really low on this side, despite all the talent. All the talent and a good manager in Luis Enrique <coughs> as well. And the, I suppose they're ones to watch. Do you think they can go all the way? Or do you think they can go further than maybe the expectation was? I think that they feel like a quarterfinal, semi-final, quarterfinal side probably. I sort of feel, I don't think they're quite right at centre-back because I think eventually you'll need to move Rodri to the middle and then I think it is like an yeah. Eric Garcia who's not had a great season. And as well as that front three did, I do think against the better sides, they might struggle. Listen, they'll end up winning it now and I'll look, and I'll look really <sighs> stupid. But you know what? I've been doing a lot of that recently, getting it wrong. Yeah, so yeah. I'll just wear it if you do. But they don't feel like, they just feel like, I feel like a better side, like a Brazil or an on-form Argentina, or, you know, we'll probably pick them off. That's how I feel about That's how I feel about them. But I think the, they're a side that you, you the likes of, of Brazil and Argentina particularly wouldn't want to play because yeah. it'd be a pain in the ass game for them. But I don't feel they have quite enough. It feels like a tournament too early for them. Yeah. And and like you said, like I said earlier, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do against Germany because, right, well, Germany do lose today. You know, will that Spanish front three get as much joy out of, you know, and Nicolas Sula, who we both agreed is a bit of a pudding, but, mm. you know, he's a big lump and he, he can knock you as well. But, Slaughterback and Rudiger in the centre backs and David Rama left back. You know, like it's a solid, it's going to be a solid German defence. <coughs> and then with Gundogan and Kimmich in there as well. You're looking like it's a much more solid team. And will they get the time on the ball to play? Will their inexperience show? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but they they absolutely slaughtered, slaughtered uh, Costa Rica today. I want to move on to the third game now. We're getting called out here, Keith. Yeah. We're not talking about the the, uh, the amazingness of apparently Anthony Gordon got a hat trick and a friendly. We're obviously being a bit too bitter about him. What a man! What, what a man! man. What a Lord man! Is. Do you know what I love about Everton? Right? I love about Everton is they absolutely dive on an idol, dive on it. And when said idol walks, <coughs> they tried. They, they wanted to lynch him at, in the summer when he was looking yeah. through to Chelsea. It's funny with Charlison as well, and and Rooney back in the day, and so many of them. You know, they they the next. They always say, "No, he's the next big thing," and then boom, they're gone. Um, but they would have Oh, I've also said there, one love, one heart. Let's get together and kick FIFA out. And yeah, as you may see, we do have one love. Um, on the top of the show, um, there on top of the banner there. And obviously, you know, we're not sponsored by by One Love, but we are certainly promoting the message of One Love. And I've seen in the German game today that they they want to cover their mouths and protest. What you've probably discussed it till the cows come home, but what are you making of the decision of the teams not to wear the armbands? Um, I can see why they're not doing it because it's because of the whole the fine. I think I think it's, I actually think it's the yellow card thing that's what's put them off. Yeah, but the results probably going. If you are going to do a protest, you can have to accept that you know a protest's not easy. So yeah, we'll rub someone up the wrong way. So I think the um, the interview and for, for life, I cannot remember the lady's name now, but uh, she went to watch the the Wales game, and she couldn't get in because she had a rainbow hat, on, you know, and a rainbow t shirt. And they basically said you need to take that hat off because uh, that's a, a banned symbol, or you can't come in. So she went, I'm not going in. And she's an ex uh, Wales captain. 
Yeah. And she just said, and she just said, like, I have a reason I want to protest. And, you know, I can't just say, oh, well, they said I can't come in the footy, so I best stop them. He said, you've got to sometimes do it, which thinking it's a long way to, you know, it's a long way to go. But it's funny, yeah, because it's weird. You know, they had the referee checking the armband to make sure it wasn't with his yellow card ready. I mean, look, I don't blame the official because he knows he's yeah. under a mandate. If he doesn't do it, he gets kicked. He, he loses his job and he gets kicked out. Exactly. So yeah. a, but where does it come bit... from? Where, who, who would you blame on this? Because you know, <laughs> FIFA talk about you can't bring politics into football. This isn't politics. Do you know what I mean? The World Cup is an open. It's 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 meant to be the tournament of everybody. You know, and you've seen that nonsense from Infantino the other day. You know, today I'm Arab. Today I'm gay. Today I'm straight away. You're getting a yellow card if you <laughs> attempt to put a, a message on a on oh, an armband. It? It's I, crazy. I like FIFA intervening and threatening <coughs> sport and sanctions. Is a bit crazy. Yeah, it's it's a strange one because it, it it's a mixed message because I've, I've seen the argument. Well, if you're in that country, you've got to respect their wishes and you've got to respect their culture. But if you do it a FIFA World Cup, it is to bring all different cultures yeah. together. So at the same time, if your culture doesn't agree with that, which is which a lot, which for us it doesn't. But then you're suppressing somebody else's culture. Saying, yeah. well, your culture doesn't work with what FIFA wants, so you can't do yours, but this one can. Yeah, um, you know, I think there was. I think some of the um, people in the in the, the rich seats had some sort of armband for some other uh, belief. I can't remember what, what theirs was. Become well, they're allowed to do that though. Yeah. You know, and listen, I don't know what their armband was for. You know, you know that's their choice. But you like, you can't do it for one, not do it for another. Yeah. So is he that too? But the hand of the mouth thing, I actually thought was quite a quite a cute and clever way of doing it because you can't censor that. Yeah. Because even if you don't want to show it on camera. Well, there's loads of people taking photos of it. And the pictures are going to go around the world. And it's digital. You know, so, uh, so it's going to go, why have they got a hand in the mouth and say, well, they can't can't yeah. voice their opinion because they're told if I voice my opinion, I'll get a ban, I'll get a fine, I'll be banned for the next game. So this is our way of doing it. So I thought it was quite a, quite a, a clever yeah. clever way of, you know, still making your point. I, think, yeah. it, I think it's something that, you know, look, my my. <laughs> beef on this is you know you do have to respect uh the the traditions and the 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 ways of of countries you know and especially the middle east it's totally different than how it is in the west but at the same time you touched on it there the world cup is about bringing everybody together it's 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 about diversity it's about you know everybody under one umbrella and i think there has to be some sort of meat in the middle and i think what qatar are doing with this world cup is that they're not going to have any legacy from this World Cup, you know, that everything is going against them. My missus only asked me today, is that no one going to watch these because all the stadiums are empty? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's the, loads of empty seats. There's... The capacity numbers are not like the old WWF. Yeah. You know, it's a record attendance. I mean, they've, they've said some stadiums of 45,000 people, and you go, well, there's two things. One, it looked half empty, and two, the stadium's only registered to hold 40. So where are these extra 5,000? magically yeah. appeared from and it's saying that can't hold them it's very yeah. weird yeah that's <coughs> it's not like you know and people as mega and as mega points out infantino he's been he's getting re-elected unopposed yeah and when he came in he was the the, the white knight to save the day I and mean, it turns out it's just a corrupt corrupt organization in fairness and whoever it's he is a, it's just a, a different wolf that's all exactly. it is different, different wolves walked in and everyone, and everyone sees it yeah, I think I seen Roy Keane talking about the the thing. You know, it shouldn't have been given to Qatar if you're not willing to, you know, not loosen your um your traditions, you know, to to accommodate 
other people's traditions they shouldn't have got it but they did and it is what it is i want to move on now to the the final game of the day and this was this a great is, game oh it's brilliant this is for this one is, team for one team but this is also a game where st- stats go berserk you know where you're going like if you didn't see your xg and all that sort of basically every stat you read on this game or, or, or what you do the eye test says Canada should have got at least a draw out of this game. Yeah. Probably had enough chances to win it. <coughs> but unfortunately, they just they weren't clinical enough. They just no. weren't clinical enough. But it sort of do, it'd be interesting how both teams say because Belgium will go, thank fuck we got the win. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But we need to get a proper kick up the arse because you can't be be playing like that against the better side. And Kendall will go, and I quite like the, the, uh, the manager at the end of it. He was just like, the mission statement, which is a bit odd phrase, is was to top the group. We failed that, he said. But I'm so proud, said because we did everything we should have done. Now, now the task is to go and I think his phrase was "f Croatia," which I thought probably not quite the right phrase. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but I, I like the fact that they, it wasn't like, "Oh, we've come here, we've we've played our part," you know. And it's nice. To, it wasn't a. It was very much not a. It's nice to be here. It's a really pissed off we haven't won. Yeah, and I think that's the positivity you should you should go with because. You know, Alf- Alfonso Davis, you know, um, Jonathan David was excellent. Um, oh, I'll tell you, know, your man was brilliant, Buchanan. Buchanan, that's the one I couldn't think of his name. They, all, they look great. <coughs> just not clinical. Just not clinical. Yeah. And they get the penalty. And unfortunately, it's just a very it's weak an penalty. Awful it's an awful yeah. panel. Yeah. I, I know just, when you, you miss it, it's always awful. If the keeper dives through that way, it's a great panel. Do you know what I mean? But he's hitting it. You know, too close. It's very, it feels very telegraphed when you watched it. Yeah. Well, I think so. Said I think it's one of the third penalty he's ever took in his career. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I get because he's probably like, he is the star man, but there's also me sort of going. But Jonathan David's a striker, and he has took more penalties. He has missed them as well. I think he's, his record's like nine in twelve, from what I read yeah. earlier. But he's kind of thought, isn't that the more recognised penalty? And listen, maybe because he's he's a back, he's a Bayern Munich player. He's, you know, he's played in really big games. They just thought. You know, obviously pre-arranged go for the ex- go for an experienced players, but it didn't fall for him. And as our Alison points out, uh, Liam Miller came on as well, ex Liverpool. Yeah. And I forgot he's only twenty three. He's had a hard paper round though. Did he come on? Yeah, he came on for the last oh, he twenty did. minutes. Yeah, he did okay. Well, uh, until he came to the... I'm assuming our Alison's talking about the defender Miller, who was brilliant at the back. No, the forward Liam Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not talking about Liam Miller. He's talking about Kamal Miller, I think. Is that, oh, it? is it? Because I know Liam Miller came on. That yeah, no, Kamal well. Miller at the back was excellent for, for Canada he as well. Yeah. But, you know, the, the penalty comes and it's just, it's a clear penalty. It's a handball by um, Carrasco, is it? Carras- yeah, it's Carrasco. I would, say it's a, I would say it's a modern-day penalty because it's one of those ones where he's turned side on. And yeah, I, his arm is thrown out and... I don't think it's thrown out because he's got his elbow there. So it's only that part. Of his, yeah, it's only half his arm. Out. Way out, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. as clear a penalty as you'll see until about five minutes later when they should have got a second so, yeah, penalty. I think that's more clear. I think that's more stonewall than the one they got. Yeah. Oh, the, well, the, yeah. 
it's more Stonewall <coughs> than the other Stonewall one, but they, this one was this one was outrageous because it's a back pass or a, a, a ball played back by a Belgian player with no Canadian player near him. Mm. And the linesman just flags for the offside. And it's an absolute he gets taken out. And the ref is looking. And you know what what drives you mad here is if the ref knows the rules here and sees that that's not a that's not a, a Canadian player hitting that ball, forget about the linesman, play away. <coughs> and then we're yeah. gonna go to the go to the thing to look. But that's the ref who at AFCON last year. I was year, gonna say he's he's my favorite ref. He blew yeah. up an 85 blew up a game in 85 minutes, got told he's blown up early. So he restarted the game and blew up in 89. And he said, Oh, sorry, I'll start it again. And the other team went, Oh, fuck it, I've had enough. And the other team walked off, went, Yeah, we'll just take we'll just take the loss. But he um he uh, <coughs> he claimed he had heat stroke in that game, and that's why he was close to dying. He was on the verge of a coma and and God saved him. Crazy stuff. But this is the level of officiating that you're getting. And one thing that I do sort of find a bit patronizing is when people will always go, you know, our well, African refs, they shouldn't be there, or you know, Asian refs, they shouldn't be there. We do not give out about English refs every oh, week. Hor- oh, horrific. Do you know but what I mean? Are, when we look at the referees in Champions League, we're a lot better. Some are referees from not the big leagues. They're not all from the Italian league, the Spanish yeah. league. They are Slovenia from or Slovenia. Hungary. And... But they tend to be better referees than the shite we get. So, I mean, yeah. we, can't say, we can't say anything because the Premier League refs are horrific. Yeah. But it, you're looking at so when you know that this ref is 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 a bit of a madman who who blows up early regularly, and he's looking at that and he doesn't he doesn't say play on that that would drive me mad. It's basically <coughs> standing to the rules of the game, isn't it? Because that's a stonewall penalty. That's it, absolute stonewall. And you'd like to think they've got one of them in. Yeah, as as good as Courtois then. Look, Courtois excellent as we sadly oh, found yeah. the champ as we sadly found the Champions League final. He was. Um, Excellent against us, but there's only <coughs> so many times you'll save a penalty. Do you know what I mean? And and the, the yeah. percentage, the the favor is with the attacker, isn't it? So you're giving you get the force when you take a stinker, you get a second one, you have a chance. And they should have got a third one as well. They should have got a third one. Uh, Axel Witzel stamps on your man's foot when he's in the box and pushes him over, and that goes to VAR. And now they. It's almost like they go, we've given one, we can't give another one. It was a fair, yeah. very good. And look, he takes his goal well, Batshuayi, but that was literally pretty much the only thing Bell's A long there. ball. I've I done a tweet, right? i literally done a tweet giving out about the three penalty decisions. And I'm saying, you know, don't want to jinx it, but Canada look amazing. Literally, the ball was getting played when I hit tweet. Always the way, in it? And they, they went up and scored. Um, a nice finish by, by Batshuayi, but... They, they they were piss and the second half they weren't any better. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it goes in and it goes on. Sorry, <coughs> and it's just Canada attacking, attack, attack. And I thought Kevin slow. De Bruyne was poisoned today. I thought he was awful. He got he got man the match, you know. Yeah, I mean to be fair to Kevin De Bruyne, apparently he's been interviewed today, and he said, and he basically said, I didn't think I had a good game. They said, I don't know why I've got this. I said. I assume is it because is it because of my surname? And yeah. he called so that's basically called my going. You've already given this because my name's Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, he said he, he basically said, I was shy today. This, I, it was almost like saying I shouldn't have this. 
Yeah, Which he I was. Think. I thought he was. I thought he was terrible. I thought you know, you know, you expect these these superstars to be able to create. I just <coughs> felt his passing was off. As the second half went on, he got a little bit more into it, but certainly not warranting any bleeding man of the match. You know, it's 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 crazy. Were you impressed with Belgium? No, absolutely not. Again, they look like a side that I'm going. Feels like a World Cup too far for some of these. You know, yeah. there's a college players of you know Tielinen's. I still don't think he's the most mobile. Vitzel no. has been around for a long time, and, and you know it's the, the oldest centre back pair, and you've you know very experienced. But you're sort of going, yeah, at that point, I'm going. There should be really another centre back now coming in and really pushing these two lads out. And just you know, Castagna, he's all right. Batshuayi, I mean, Batshuayi's your backup striker. Yeah, you know, and Lukaku. I suppose Lukaku was a bit marmoy, isn't he? Some people either love him or you hate him. I think he's a decent player, but you know, if he's your main striker, it's not like Batshuayi is there or Batshuayi, I can't even say his name. Batshuayi. is there. Says a lot what I'm doing, pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I, I know the fella's name, I'm having a bit of a bleeding mare with it today, but um, it's not like he's brilliant. Brilliant. And Lukaku is, you know, their, their strikers aren't great. Their centre-backs are old. Their midfield, yeah, I think there's a, a lot to, a lot to be deserved. A little, surpri- little surprise Trossard's not starting. Well, that's what, was, that's what I was coming yeah. to. Eden Hazard is their captain, and he's playing. I wouldn't have him in that team. You know, no. I'd have Trossard with his energy and his, his goal. Because I'd rather have, have, have his, uh, his brother playing. Torben Tor- Hazard. Yeah. He's, I'd rather have his dad for fuck's sake the way he's playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not great. He he's came, not getting a sniff. I think he came on. Uh, the Everton centre bit. Uh, Onana. Onana came on. I, I like think. it. I like him. I think I thought. I yeah. think he's a smart smart signing. Uh, yeah. By Everton. So, but I think he is. He's definitely the, that's the future. But Doku doesn't doesn't even get on the pitch. You know, he's he's a handy <coughs> option. You know, I'm surprised. You know, someone like him's not getting more of a look in. You know, it's well, just I mean, still a bit like picking names now. I'm looking at their bench there and, and you know, Torgan Hazard doesn't come on. Um, Dries Mertens, Jeremy Docchio and Charles De Cattelleri of AC Milan, you know, and these are creative players. And you're still looking at, at some, obviously Dries Mertens, he's one of the old guard, but, you know, Docchio, De Cattelleri, you know, young players that, that probably are, you know, Anana does come on and gives them that bit of energy. But, their manager, I think, is going to hold them back. You know, I'm not a fan. I never was a fan of Roberto Martinez before he ended up at Everton. But I can't believe he I has think, that job. You know, I can't believe he's the man that's. I think. I think they're. I think they're a bit like probably what England were when they got to the semi final and the final of the Euros. Is I think you've missed your cycle. I think everything goes in cycles, and it's one of those when you get your option, you got to take it. And I think Belgium's was about four or five years ago, and they yeah. missed it. <coughs> I think that I just always one of those you go some people's darkest they're always like a quarterfinal semi-final side but you don't ever believe they're going to win England I think I've sort of put in that category as well I sort of go they'll always be a difficult side to play they'll get to quarters semis but I don't truly believe they'll win it and yeah that's just how they just that's just how they feel the only good thing if you're I'll flip it to the England thing because we'll talk, talk about it in a minute is at least there's a lot more youth coming through in that side yeah. with pace and goals you go you know, defensively, it's still absolute shambles. But at least then you go, you can you can kind of see where they're going to go when they get a proper manager in charge, not the muppet they've got in charge at the yeah. moment. 
And so, Olivier is upset as a Belgian. He's getting hurt in his feelings right now. Well, the, uh, Olivier, do you agree with what we're saying? What Chris especially has said there? Because I agree <coughs> totally. You know, it's it's it does. I think teams are cyclical, and a lot of them players have sort of got all together and mm. maybe have missed their chance. And I don't know. I can't see them going to you no, know. As an as an England fan, when I gave a shit, which was quite a while ago, uh, the 06 England side under Ericsson, was probably the best opportunity they ever had mm. of winning the World Cup. And they had them playing turgid, negative, yeah. crappy football. And some of the better players were on the, were on the bench. And then you got to the next World Cup, you go, yeah, but they're all too old now. They're all past what yeah. we needed. So, you know. What can you do? What can you do? So, uh, so the other thing we want to bring up is, John put this up earlier, is saying hello to us, but... Just yeah. talk about uh, David Johnson, who sadly passed away today. Um, only seven, 71? Very Jeez. young, you know. So you know, look, he was he was a very good striker uh, for Liverpool in the seventies. You know, played up front with uh, Keegan, then played up front with Kenny. Five league titles, three European Cups. They gave an FA Cup in there as well. You know, very probably a very underrated legend. You know, and I know that thing that gets wrong a lot, but you know, he was a very good striker. You know. You know, my dad, obviously, I, I before my time, but it's someone you know my dad would talk about. And I said, like, mm. he said he was just said he was just a nuisance. Said and he said his pace. He said and said he said he always get big goals for you, and he always has. And he always Liverpool put a nice thing up about him talk about his career, and he always says the one he remembers is Motson saying, "I think he scores he scores a beauty from outside the box, top corner." And Motson says that's the championship. He said and that has always stuck with him. He said that I've got that connected with Liverpool. That that's championship. And this is a guy who. Uh, he turned down Liverpool as a kid, went to yeah, Everton, and he's good by it. Yeah. And the Blues love him as well. He was because he was really good for the Blues. Then he went to Ipswich to play under Bobby Robson, and then he talks a story about Bobby Robson comes to speak to him, said, um, "Liverpool are interested. In it. What do you think?" And apparently his response was, "Where be match boots?" Yeah. He says, "Why are you asking that?" He goes, "Well, I need them, sir, because when I go up, I'm not, when I go up there, I'm not coming back down." <laughs> yeah, it, it was a different time, wasn't it? You know, it was. It was um... A simpler time when when players were moving as between obviously I think he goes back to Everton. Does he from Liverpool? So he starts at Everton. He goes to Ipswich. He goes from Ipswich to Liverpool. Does he go Liverpool Everton after that? Yeah, we'll Google it while we're while we're checking that because uh, he always he's talking about the uh, the European Cup final where we beat Madrid one 0 you know, and the famous Kennedy goal. And he says to this day, he said he still got he still says to him, uh, "Want you pass to me." Because <laughs> when you watch the replay, he's there square screaming yeah. at him. He goes, "Why you pass me?" He goes, "That was that was my chance." Yeah, but they, you know, he, he's part of uh, a great, great Liverpool team. You know, around that area, and you you said it there. He played with some of the best strikers he had, and, and he obviously before <coughs> time. You know, with the stuff you read and the stuff people tell you, um, he was a, a selfless striker. You know, he walked his arse yeah. off, and I suppose all of them were in that that think era quite... for Liverpool. I think it's quite close to Sunes. I haven't seen yet. Um, apparently, one of the earlier programs, uh, Sunes gives a very nice um, eulogy about mm. David Johnson. I think he is quite choked up by it. Um, yeah. You're right, though. He did. He says after is it returned to Everton, returned to Everton in 1982, and also went on loan to uh, Barnsley. Yeah. So I think it, oh, there you go. He also played a bit for Man City as well. Yeah, but you know, it, it's it was a sign of the times that you know players could play between the two, and he can be respected by the Blues, respected by the Reds, and and he had a great career, as you said. He, he won a lot of medals. He was a key part of a Liverpool team that 
that were sweeping all all in yeah. front of them, you know, and 100, it's very 100, sad. 148 games for Liverpool, 55 goals. It's not bad, which is, you know, not a return to be sniffed at. Capped eight times for England, scored six. Yeah, you know? that's not bad. It's not not bad, not bad at all. But even his record, Everton, it was 11-49. It switched 35 and 136. So, you know, he was, he was like a one-in-three striker, which of its time, yeah, that's today like a, a game every one-and-a-half game games because yeah. that's just the way the sport develops you know so and look he had the pace and everything so he's really good yeah very sad so you know rest in peace to doc um it's it's a shame uh, but, but we're off that time now when these boys are all tending to pass away now your legends your clubs and i think it's always good to to remember them and yeah as you said we never seen him playing but we know who he is and we're aware of him and and, and i think it's always nice to acknowledge the the ones who went and and put the club where they are, and he certainly was one of them. So yeah, very sad. Rest in peace, um, David Johnson. Yeah. So are you looking? Oh, go go come on. Just tomorrow's games. You look forward to tomorrow's games. So we got it. tomorrow. So tomorrow we've got Switzerland Cameroon's the early kickoff. Jeez. Uruguay Korea. Yeah. Portugal Ghana, and then the late game, which me and Kev are doing. Uh, Brazil Serbia. They um, all feel like games where you could go. Some you'd expect big goals. Some you going. Well, it could be an upset there, or it could be a bit of a difficult game, or you can sort of make an argument either way. We seen Darwin play; will be quite. Yeah, <coughs> quite I th- you know what? I think that'll be the only one I'll end up watching. Will be the Uruguay one, not out of any, you know. Oh, Liverpool! I only want to watch Darwin. I won't get to see the Brazil game because I'll be at training um, mm. with the young lad, and and I'll, that's I'll hopefully see to late, so I definitely yeah. won't get any of that. Yeah, Portugal gone. I've got a feeling it might be quite quite a good game. What do you think about Portugal with the whole Ronaldo thing? It's just another side show, sir. Because I think if you're Portugal, it's a bit of a side show you could do without, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he got caught... what he wanted. He got what he, he wanted. Got what he... But you saw the whole Bruno Fernandes, very awkward handshake thing. Yeah. Well, you've already it's sort of created a division. Um, it almost feels like Portugal are a little bit like, well, he retires after this one, then we can kind of develop into whatever we want yeah. to be post Ronaldo, which is going to be a, a hard transition for them. I mean, you know, will it or will do they have the players there? Because I, I find Portugal are one of these that they seem to be producing a lot of players. And, you know, Rafael Leal, for example, is there ready to ready to rock. Jota obviously is injured at the moment. They're, they're not Ronaldo. I'm not saying they're Ronaldo. But, you know, sometimes you need these, these big players that are probably past their best but they're taking up a lot of the mm. the attention and not in a good way, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they they're taking away. I think Amarim at, at Sporting Lisbon didn't he sort of say, "Oh, we can't afford him publicly. We can't afford his wages." But I think in private, he was more or less saying, "If he comes, I'm gone." Do you know what I mean? Because he's he's building a a, a team, and if you get Ronaldo, you're you're essentially seeding your team to him. You're, yeah, you're saying Ch- that, Chelsea have already sort of. Let's be known in the press that they're not interested in him. I don't think he'll come to another Premier League club anyway. It will be a. I think the question now is: does he does he do the MLS jump now, or no. Champions does he do League? The... He which... is obsessed with extending this Champions League record. Maybe it was PSG when Messi moves on in the summer. Yeah, if the rumours are to be believed, um, Messi wants his move back to Barca, and PSG yeah. don't mind don't mind giving it him. So, well, I mean, it's it's that merry that merry go round, couldn't it? The, the fact that Liverpool are up for sale, um, 
Manchester United are now up for sale as well. And PSG, um, Nasser Al-Khalifi came out as well, saying that they wouldn't mind getting some, not they weren't up for sale, but some investment. So maybe PSG are going to look at, you know, move Messi on, but we don't want to replace him with Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? They might mm. be looking Possibly, yeah. at changing their model. Yeah. So, oh, David Ornsey apparently has reported a month ago Messi will be going to into Miami. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he has too much still to give in Europe, and I think he will go back to Barcelona. But um, it's interesting. So all these clubs are for investment. Is this because we're just on the verge of potentially on a world world recession? They're all going. Okay, now this lands we can't actually spend like we used to. Yeah. Or it's interesting. More, yeah. Or there are more eyes on you. When there's a recession, because if you're still spending massive money in a recession, people do really look at you then going, There's something not quite right here, there's something a bit missing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um it's it's interesting that PSG are sort of in that mix because they're one of the forebearers of why we're in the shit we're in now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think FSG and the Glazers, I think the Super League sort of was the that was their, that, I think that was their last roll of the dice. The final, yeah. The, how can you, you know, I don't know, I'll speak about Manchester United, but from a Liverpool point of view, if the valuation of like three to four billion is correct, how can you grow that? You know, th- this is the time. But who's going to buy it? Because if you buy Liverpool for three or four billion, you need, what can you, you do? How can, yeah, you, how can you get money out of that? Because you'd be expected to invest that. into yeah. Now for Liverpool, like, this is the argument we've seen too, is Liverpool if you're going to buy a little, it's to invest in the playing squad and potentially two more stands to do. Because the infrastructure is already built, the training ground's done. So a lot of the big work needs to be done. Whereas, to be fair, when you do Man United, it is playing staff, it is probably restructuring behind the scenes, both commercially yeah. and football-wise. And it's oh, oh, no secret, they've, they've spent no money on the stadium, they've spent no money on the training facility, yeah. they only do it now. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, it's a big I, job. We'll probably end up with the Glazers buying us for fuck's sake the way oh, the way we're going. There we go. That's what people want. You know, people uh, want uh, oh, the other, the other big game is uh Reading versus Liverpool women. So you know, I've got I've one eye on the Brazil game, one one eye on that. How are the deal. how are the women's team doing? Um it's been a I'll be honest, mate, it's been a real struggle, but they've had a really tough start to the season. Um yeah. disappointing with Losing to Villa at home, they actually played well. They just weren't clinical on the day, and an unfortunate decision went against them with the penalty. Brighton, I'll be honest, we weren't great for a good hour, three-one down, uh, but got it to three-three. Uh, last kick of the game, and probably should have. They probably should have nicked it. So four points at the moment. So below them is Reading on three, and then Leicester, who can't buy a win at the moment. But it's a weird league because I think from six downwards. Two results go two positive results. You fly up yeah. two three positions because the next team above you is only three points. And this is the concern for Liverpool: is this run now is the run they need to get get some points on because it's Reading who are just below you, West Ham who are only four points ahead of us, and Leicester who are bottom of the league. They're the next three league games. So, so big you, big wins needed in them. Yeah, definitely. I would say if you, if we came out of that with seven points, I would pretty much say you probably guaranteed your position for next season. Yeah, and that's what People it's all about, isn't it? You know, it's that it, they haven't had like huge investment getting back in there. They've <coughs> they've brought in a couple of players, but you know, stabilising them, I think, is yeah, it's steady building. They've, they've bought they've bought in lots more experience. So Jill Flackerty, who's now the record appearance yeah. holder for the WSL, one hundred and seventy 
six appearances. Yeah, Van der Sanden, who unfortunately has been injured, but when she's fit, this is a, a three-time Champions League winner. So yeah, the quality's there for you. And, and is Leanne Kiernan back? She's been injured a lot. No, she's still she's, she's gone. Sometime in January, she had to have um, yeah. ankle ligament surgery. So that's what's killed us is her being out and Van der Sanden at the same time. All your pace and the attack's gone. Yeah, so you have to change how we work. And as they came back, our two of our key midfielders in Kerry Holland and Missy Bow both get crocked just before the Villa game. So there's also a bit of a unfortunate circumstance. But as the manager said, he goes, "They're unfortunate, but we need to find a way to adapt." Now, luckily, most of them are coming back, bar Keenan, who fingers crossed will be back <coughs> post Christmas. So yeah. that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for, anyway. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so yeah, tomorrow, um, you're obviously back on doing a watch along, and you'll probably be on doing this as well. Yeah, probably. Um, it'll be interesting, as you say. There's some good games there. And you, what's your stand there? Who are you looking forward to seeing the most tomorrow? Player, club, a player, a team. I'm actually um, the Uruguay game. I'm actually looking forward to because I, I want to see. I, I think it, like, it and I won't lie. It's the Darwin thing. I just want to see how he does because I've said already a few times he might be the dark horse for. Golden boot. Just got a feeling. Do you think like he plays? I think he does, yeah, because I think he does start a lot for Uruguay, but he starts mm-hmm. more on the left wing. Yeah. With um West Think Soupson, to be honest, at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah go on. They're a decent team, Uruguay. They're a bit of a mad team because you'll still have the likes of Golden and you'll have like Suarez Cavani, all these lads are in Muscle all 36, 36, 36, 37 years old. But then you've got Darwin, you've also got Bentoncourt and Valverde in midfield, oh, and I think that's an exciting midfield. You know, Valverde's an excellent player. That's so I'd love. That's the one I'd love at Liverpool. Absolutely, Valverde. Oh, yeah, nah, we can he, we can all but dream. He's a dream club player. Him playing yeah. right side of midfield, or you can play him wide right in the front in the front three. And yeah, really works. He's brilliant just wherever you play him. He's just play a, him anywhere. Yeah. Don't think Real Madrid want to sell him though. Sadly. No, no, no. That it's ship has sailed. That yeah. ship has sailed. He's the very huge offer him. Yeah, it's very unfair that they don't want to sell him. But yeah, we are where we are. We are. In the <coughs> so uh, yeah, look, we'll leave it there. We'll we'll call it a night on this. We've got an hour out of that. I can't believe it. We done well. Well, fifty five minutes, nearly an hour. <laughs> um, yeah. So Chris will see us all again tomorrow. Who are you doing the watch along with tomorrow? Uh, me and Kev again. The double act. The double act that everyone wants. That's it, yeah. The the Ant and Deck of the LFC Day Trippers, I like that. Yeah, why not? Um, so yeah, hopefully a lot more action tomorrow. Hopefully a lot more exciting games. Um, yeah, the uh, we did the France game. The France game was was good, and the Wales game was was exciting because it was quite intriguing because it was so basically as soon as they brought Kiefer Moore on, you just went, oh, this is this is now a game on now. This yeah, lump the ball up to him and get the lads in around them. And it was a game of two halves that one, wasn't it? Like USA yeah. were excellent. They've the youngest squad at the tournament, don't they? So mm. great, um, great my... energy and all that. But yeah, I did my, I did my stuff as well when I said, um, oh, great goal by George Ware. I went, oh no, sorry, it's Timothy Ware, isn't it? George Ware's his uncle. Yeah, no, he was George very Wears good. Is that? Is it, but he was, I mean, George Ware. Ridiculous, but Timothy Ware was really good. Yeah, he was. I was quite impressed with him. I haven't seen too much of him play, like, but I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he's a good player. He's bounced around a couple of teams in France, hasn't he? And and just mm. hasn't found his is probably his niche. But yeah, I thought that was good. I thought the um the um Wales and USA was was interesting. Who was the other one you said you were talking about? What's the France game? Where's France. 
I was that's, actually that's the one, yeah. Australia, Australia actually made them work for it for an hour. Then I think legs for them were out. And yeah, they, they, do you know what? I don't. I was looking at Australia squad. They don't really have the quality. But what I wanted to ask you about that: Do you think Didier Deschamps is secretly secretly delighted that Benzema got injured? Possibly because it. I do. Because he's because he can play with more fluidity and pace. Yeah, and then he can even play, though and he plays Giroud, which yeah, I think that's Giroud what he wants. Comes in, but that's the one he wants. That that's that's who he won the World Cup with, isn't it? So I yeah. I have this thing that I think he he's actually delighted that Ben. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a fit Dembele and um, Mbappe, Mbappe. That wing is ridiculously scary, and yeah. Griezmann actually looked really good as a ten. Yeah, he did. He looked okay, and you know, I don't know many in midfield. I don't know about Rabio. I wouldn't be. I don't know how Rabio no. was playing. Canate look good up with Upper Meccano. Upper Meccano should look good as well because obviously I've given pelters in the past. I've not, yeah. I've not been a big fan, as you know, uh, when we had our yeah, chat yeah. about him and the Leipzig. I think I think I said the ball looks like a hand grenade next to him. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, I you know, credit where credit's due, he was excellent. The only sad thing for France is um, the Hernandez injury. He ruptured his ACL. Yeah, which because like he him. looked he looked a bad one when you go and like. Well, the knee he's grabbing is the one that's off the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, so what's going on? What's going on there? And he's like, and when you watch the replay, when, it's obviously when he's pushed off, it's just gone. Yeah. I mean, not that he'd wish it, but in that game, it was the best thing that happened to France because yeah. the other Hernandez they brought on, Teo, everyone went through him. And he was brilliant. And he's, he's a different player. Like Lucas Hernandez <coughs> is a centre back who can play left back and he can attack, but he's, he's a defensive. Player, whereas Theo's just an attacking left back, you know, and he's excellent. Kev, he just goes forward. Yeah, he's Kev. a great player. He's a very good player. Um, but yeah, look, it, it it'll be interesting to see if some of the games can can match that. And and as you say, Brazil tomorrow, a lot of expectation around mm. them. Um, do you fancy Serbia to do anything there? Or do you think Brazil just have too I think, much strength and depth I think Brazil, in every position? I think Brazil have too much strength and strength and depth. I would say yeah. for them. So fancy them. I think Portugal will see off Ghana. Um, you would you would expect Uruguay to win. I probably think mm. the Cameroon Switzerland one's a bit more of a flip of a coin. Yeah, Switzerland probably go in the favourites, but I, I think that'll be a lot closer. Oh, probably of all of them. This is where I find out now they're all like, you know, nothing like that. Cameroon smack them like eight nil, and we're going now. Oh, well, there we go. Just I know, like I'd fancy Switzerland to be honest myself. We'd fancy the Swiss, but that's another team that's getting old. That mm. you know their their cycle is probably coming to an end, where they're still relying on, you know, Shakiri, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, and you know a lot of players, Fabian Scher, a lot of lads that are in there a long, long time. So it'll be interesting to see how they they come out and play. Um, but yeah, another day to look forward to. Four matches mm. a day. It's not bad, not bad, is it? Pity it wasn't in the summer, but you know. Yeah, yeah, it would have been would have been nice if it was in the summer. Yeah, exactly. But look, we're leaving it there. That's an hour done. I've been your host, Keith. He's been me sidekick, Chris. We'll see us all again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.